0: I'm your host, Rena Friedman Watts, and
1: this is the Better Call Daddy Show. Hey, this is Big Daddy, Wayne Friedman.
0: That's my grandpa. Grandpa, you ready for more daddy drama? My dad is my number one hero and number one fan.
1: And I'm a pretty cool dude.
0: All right, season four, baby, here we go. More stories you're not going to believe.
1: And maybe you will after you listen. Five stars. Five and a half stars, two thumbs up.
0: You are a pretty cool dude. I love you, mommy.
1: Don't stand on the table and damn the public. You'll get some words of wisdom to live by.
0: Here we go again. Better call daddy. You know
1: what your problem is? You like
0: me. Yeah, I do. Each week, I interview a guest, share the stories with my dad, and then he weighs in at the end of every episode with his wisdom and wit. Hey, Grandpa. Everyone from influential players to inspirational fathers,
1: and of course, controversial people. Grandpa, my mom is calling. Creating that legacy one call at a time. And welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show. Stay tuned. Where's the music?
0: Better Call
1: Daddy, cause he knows
2: your band. He's bringing the zest, he sees possibilities ooh, the moon, with a bit of cold day, you will be by your side
0: You can build big relationships hosting small gatherings. Nick Gray, the author of the two hour cocktail party, has done that. A little bit of music, a little bit of schmoozing, a little bit of asking the right questions is not only entertaining, but it can get you a long way as far as networking. Nick Gray, welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show.
2: How's it going?
0: I'm awesome. How are you? I'm
2: good. Greetings. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that I was late and that I rescheduled. Thank you.
0: <laughs> no problem. Hey, that's part of what you probably have to deal with in parties, right?
2: Oh my God. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. You know what it's like. You know what it's like. What's news in Houston?
0: Oh man. What's the news in Houston? Yesterday, this totally plays into what we're going to talk about. Sure. I met someone new that I had never met before. Right. And I felt like I knew her through the internet. Kind of like i felt like i knew you because i read your book and then followed you on social and then went to one of your parties she's a podcaster she's a mom she's jewish we had some things in common right so it's basically your sister Exactly. I'm like, we kind of like have to be friends. Yeah. And when I first moved to town, I was like, I would love to connect with you and, and just hear about your podcasting journey and how you became religious and what's your mom life like and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And it just never happened. And I've now been here for like seven, eight months. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, you always say we should hang out, we should hang out. And then you never do it. That's what adults do. You've yes. even said that yourself. And so... Yesterday, we finally got together, and it was so great. And then she was like, hey, I know about this great Zumba class tonight. Do you want to go? Like, after we already did coffee, I was like, actually, I love Zumba. And so I'm totally going to go again on Wednesday, and now I'm stoked. Like, I never would have known about this, like, underground, cool Zumba class, super close by, in a hidden, like, unlabeled studio. Wait, this is great. This is so cool. (laughs) Yes. Now I have a new friend in town. Wait, this is pretty cool. This is great. And it really, I feel like, goes right along with your whole idea of museum hacks And also of putting together two-hour cocktail parties. Mm -hmm. You know, making friends as an adult is hard. And when you move to new locations, how do you find friends?
2: Yes. With this girl, by the way, what happened for you guys finally to meet up? What happened? Was it that you reached out? Was it that she thought about it? What happened?
0: Oh, it's all me. I'm, you know, I'm the extrovert. Maybe I saw a post. Yes, I saw a post that she was speaking at an event and I was Uh like oh what's that event you know how did you get to the stage so you know I'm always interested in events I love events I've worked in events and then we were already connected and she looked like great on the stage and like she was really enjoying it and it looked like something I might like to attend so I think I congratulated her on that and then was like hey let's finally meet up
2: cool good job good for you for doing that can we just acknowledge that number one you took a risk number two all new relationships start in that acquaintance phase. I just want to congratulate you for taking a step to create those adult relationships. And I tell you that everybody gets into our rhythms where we hang out with the same people and we do the same things. And we wonder how could life be different if we had some different friends who did different things. And so I think you're really good about that. But even I, someone who teaches people to host these parties, it's funny that I fall into my own habits where I'm like, same people, same thing. I should reach out. I should reach out. There's the CEO of this hamburger company here in Austin, who I keep wanting to come to my parties. (laughs) Is that silly?
0: No, I mean, there's lots of people that I would love to have conversations with. And I was just talking to a guy today who has been in the podcasting space for 15 years. And Uh, he's morphed in different ways in the podcasting community. He's worked, you know, on the sponsorship side, he is now working with an AI tool that re, you know, formats your podcast into blog posts or into Twitter posts or what podcasters all want is further reach. So he's trying to find ways to do that in different ways. Yeah. So I thought that that was super interesting. And I was like, well, I know hundreds of podcasters. So if what you're trying to pitch me right now works, (laughs) let's set up an affiliate deal, you know? Right. Yeah. One thing that you said on another podcast that I really wanted to dive into was how do you turn like... Like a heart-led project, a passion project into money. I know that that's something that you struggled with. And I want to talk about the steps that you took to do that.
2: Yeah. Oh my God. That's like really hard. Are you thinking about, are you asking about it? Because you're thinking about a passion project to a business because I lost sleep over it with Museum Hack. I couldn't sleep. I was a wreck. I was an absolute mess. And I thought that everything would change when I took something that was a hobby, that was a passion, that once I started to charge for it, everything would change and I would lose my love for the game and I would lose everything that made it so special to me. So I I gotta be honest, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like I was just like, oh, obviously make a business out of this. I loved it so much. I didn't, I didn't want to do it. I'm glad I did, but I didn't want to.
0: Okay. But you also said that you come from an entrepreneurial family. Did you call daddy?
2: Great question. Oh my gosh. Great question. Yeah. My dad was so helpful. Speaking of like calling daddy, my dad, I grew up in an entrepreneurial household. And so my dad was the guy who trained me and who I grew up around and saw him doing entrepreneurial endeavors. When I was growing up, how funny is this father son bonding for us was that i sold blue blocker sunglasses with him when i was very young and we would go to state fairs and motorcycle meetups and other random things and sell sunglasses together so the idea of business was baked into me as a young man and yes i knew i knew what was up with business but this was a very weird thing that i was so passionate about and then to turn into a business changed everything.
0: Ooh, I love that. And you've even worked with your dad too. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah,
2: yeah. I worked with my parents. I got to be honest, in college, we weren't super close together. I kind of went on my own journey in college. And then my dad was starting a business after school in the basement of our house. He's always been the mad scientist type entrepreneur. And he started this company and I thought I'd help out after college for a couple of weeks just to help him out because they did so much for me. And that few weeks of helping out turned into few months. I helped them hire their first employee. I led all of our marketing and sales internationally, a lot of our recruiting. And so, yeah, me and my mom and my dad ended up working together for many years, almost all of my twenties. And that was a wild experience that I'm so thankful for that brought us a lot closer together. We still now, like we talk almost every day.
0: Ooh, that's so cool. So you still call home. Yeah. I mean, how awesome though, to be able to kind of pay your parents back a bit and make making them proud.
2: Yeah. It was really nice. How how nice to be able to do that. They did so much for me, so much, and for me to be able to help it was great.
0: How does that play into your life?
2: Well, it plays in a lot of ways. Also, I just want to acknowledge that some people don't have great relationships with their parents, and that doesn't mean that they that they are any lesser or that folks aren't always meant to be parents. By the way, can we talk about this? Some people the first management experience that they ever get is as parents. The first time that they are ever in charge of anyone is as a parent. And that is an interesting journey to think about. I see you nodding your head. What do you think? Have you ever heard that written about?
0: Yeah, my editor right now this week just became a mom and she's like, I am in a state where I absolutely do not know what to do. I was like, "Oh yeah, a new obsession, and it's worth its weight in gold, baby." <laughs> right, right. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm a mom of four, and it doesn't matter how many books you read on it. It doesn't matter, you know. I worked on Nanny 911 for three seasons before I became a mother. I couldn't toilet train my first kid till he was four. Oh so, my lord. Yeah. I mean, no book is gonna prepare you. No friend is gonna prepare you. It's the same thing with a TED Talk. It's the same thing with a book. It's a Same thing with the podcast. You can ask people that have done it, but until you do it, you haven't experienced it. You're gonna learn. You have to do it yourself.
2: Don't make fun of me because Rena, I'm a bachelor. I am, you know, I'm older, I'm single. I work on this book all day, every night. And somebody told me, they said, if I hear any other entrepreneur who doesn't have kids trying to tell me how to grind, how to optimize my schedule without kids, then I want to say, bro, you can just take a seat and sit down because you don't know what's up. So I have so much respect for parents because you're playing on hard mode.
0: And I even said to her, I was like, look, you know, like we were three months out. I'm like, we're only doing one podcast. Podcast a week, and we have a couple clients that we work on together. You know, you've been with me for three years. Do you want me to get a backup? <laughs> like,
2: uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know
0: what I mean? Like, I didn't hire a babysitter for 18 months. It took me over. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes it's a lot yes
2: yes 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 i have nothing to add for that but i will say this i wrote an article that is called how to host a party with kids and you can find it we'll include it in the show notes party.pro forward slash kids and i asked dozens of my friends who have kids how they would host a party with kids because here's the thing many times adults go to children's birthday parties that's the number one social thing that people do on the weekends when you have kids of a certain age it seems like every other weekend you're going to a birthday party and the adult. adult's Adults never really create time for themselves to create adult relationships. They never hire a sitter, they never really make those nights to create friendships and relationships. I believe that we need to create those relationships. As adults, those relationships are so important because the reality is as business owners, as parents, I've heard it can be lonely. We need more friends as we get older, not less. And so I wrote this article that has ideas and suggestions on how you can host a party with adults where you don't use your children as conversational crutches and let them get in the way. And you can do things like, here's some of the suggestions I've heard. Number one, hire a sitter who can watch your kids and other kids if they are unable to get the child care. Provide child care at your party, if that is able. If that is not able to you, host a simultaneous kids party whereupon the kids can have a movie, they can eat pizza, they can have popcorn, they can do crafts or activities. Simultaneously in your home, there is a kids party happening that is separate from the adults. Because what we don't want is like this. Do you know what I'm talking about where you go to social events and people just, the kids kind of get in the way and you use them and you talk only about the kids and it it makes it harder to have an adult conversation and to connect imagine with that woman who you finally connected with what like yesterday Mm -hmm. if both of your kids are there and they're running around and like it'd be very hard to have more than two sentences in a row where you can really connect with her as a woman and as a person an entrepreneur and podcast host
0: yeah i'll say my biggest fear in actually hosting a party because when i was reading your book i was like oh i totally want to do this. I want to oh. try it. It would definitely be pushing me out of my comfort zone. And I am new to a town. So I feel like the people, the few people that I do know are from different social groups and it would be a good mix. It'd be really cool. I, I I'm up for experiments, right? But my biggest hang-up was like, Am I gonna pawn my kids off on my in-laws, or yes. would they stay upstairs? You know, like you're saying, do a movie night? No, 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 no. I've got four kids. Like, one of them sneaking down, and then, yes, it would be, it would mess up the formula. Love my kids, but they would definitely have to be outside of the house. And another fear was, and you talk about this in the book, is having it in my own home. Like, I'll admit, I would have to have a cleaning lady. I, I liked your tips, though, about, yeah. like, buying new towels right beforehand, so they're not yeah. Like The used ones you've kept in your house for 10 years, you know, even if they are washed, like spruce things up a bit and keep it simple that that I like.
2: Yes, that by the way, the tip that you mentioned is a pro tip that this guy Mark told me he said remove your body bath towels from the bathroom. Now keep your hand towels. But remove the body towels because you don't want people to be tempted to dry their hands on them. You don't want to be showering later and using those. They don't want to use those towels. Just remove the temptation, take those body towels out, hide them, keep out the hand towels. And by the way, a VIP touches. Yeah, sometimes people get those nice little napkins or those hand towels. You know, what I'm talking about. But yes, that's a little pro tip.
0: Another thing I was really curious about was how have your parties differed? her country. Like you've now done some of these internationally. Like, yeah, I'm curious yeah. about that.
2: Okay. Somebody hosted recently in London last night and they said that, you know, people in England drink a lot more alcohol. And I have heard that in England, in Ireland, in Italy and Switzerland, I personally at my parties in America and in New York can get away with not serving beer because I can have hard seltzer. I can have wine. I can have hard liquor, non-alcoholic drinks. People just don't drink as much here in england everybody drinks and they drink a lot i'm making a generalization but you know what i mean they said absolutely no way we could get away with serving no beer here and so they have modified it so that's one thing to say i would say a guy that i talked to hosted in hawaii he said i cannot believe people are going to show up on time no way everybody's late in hawaii nobody shows up and he called me the next day he was shocked he said seven people showed up five minutes early he said it was amazing because we had the start time and the end time it gave people you know they knew that this wasn't a hawaii local time thing but those are some of the things that i find i find that the cultural things can change based on start times for example in new york happy hour was seven to nine here in austin texas it's like five to seven it's Hmm. cultural and it depends when people work and things like that
0: interesting to pay attention to those details also i was wondering have you been asked to give tours anywhere that you wouldn't have thought of like do you think now because you're like a tour expert that you could do a tour on a cruise Hmm, good X,
2: ex- good idea. We were hired once to give a tour for a museum that was also a hotel. It was, you know, touring some of those spaces. I was actually giving, I was at Capital Factory, which is a business and entrepreneurship place here in Texas yesterday. And we were brainstorming, how do we give tours of Texas businesses and entrepreneur spaces? And we were thinking about that because they are, they actually have given tours to Barack Obama, Tim Cook from Apple, things like that. And we were just thinking, what are the different ways to get people hyped up and excited? Excited, but dude, I love to arena. You and I would like tours because I don't know if I'm projecting, but I have a short attention span. Do you ever feel like you have a short attention span?
0: Uh definitely.
2: So I feel like we would be good pair together because we would be like, pick it up, people, we gotta go.
0: Yeah, you know what's funny. So my husband is long-winded and I brought him with me to the party. And since I read your book and you're like, I kick people out, I cut people off. I was like, oh no, my husband's breaking the rules. That's he hasn't so read the funny. book yet. But yeah, can you talk? Talk a little bit about the importance of kicking people out and cutting people off in a nice way.
2: Yeah, let's talk about, I guess, cutting people off in a nice way first. And we'll start there. One of the pro tips that I have for people, because many times at a party, people are like, oh my God, icebreakers. I don't want to do it. It's going to take too long. People have bad impressions about icebreaker because they've been done poorly for so long, okay? Number one, they're they're asking the wrong questions. They're trying to give brain teasers and that causes introverts and those with social anxiety to lock up. You're laughing. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. You have to know what questions are going to get a good answer. Like test them out first.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
0: And I'm just looking for questions
2: that are easy to answer that don't cause introverts to get locked up. Right. And so for me, that question and you've seen me do this. That's the question of saying, hey, let's say your name, say what you do for work or how you spend your day and tell me one of the things that you like to eat for breakfast. What's kind of your go to thing that you eat for breakfast? That question works well because there's no judgment. It's easy to think about. Breakfast is usually a positive thought, whether people eat it or don't. And it expresses a little bit about our personality. Okay. So that's a good one. That's a simple one. We can talk about value additive icebreakers and other things later, but that's the beginner version of the icebreaker. But your question was, how do you cut people off? And if people talk for too long, then I will practice that by having, Rena. when you host, you can have your husband go after you and have him go too long, and then you cut him off.
0: Ooh, I love that idea. That's so so good
2: so that people can hear you cutting him off. And then they know, oh, she's not being rude. She's not being rude to me personally. She's just kind of cutting them off, right? And so sometimes, you know, this happens to me. Sometimes to say, oh, Rena, thank you so much. That is awesome. Let's continue that after the icebreaker. I'm going to move along because a good icebreaker is a fast icebreaker. John, let's go to you next. And just maintaining control, I think, of the icebreaker is a very good pro tip. Should I talk about how to boot people, how to kick them out at the end? Yeah. So to kick people out at the end, that's one of the biggest questions because in my party formula you got to kick them out after two hours and one of the key things with that is setting the expectations you let people know there's both a start time and an end time and when you let them know there's also an end time it really helps people get tuned in and they know you know what's up so that helps i think
0: i also really like the bios thing mm. and i was thinking about that party <laughs> that you you know hosted in houston i was like oh my god every single one of these people they- you had at that event could have worked for museum hack and been a tour for you yes
2: The bios are really helpful, right? Yeah. Guest bios are one of my secret weapons. And guest bios are little brief informational nuggets about people. It's not Forbes 30 under 30. We're just saying, you know, for example, let's talk about my neighbor. Her name is Julie. I know she does yoga. She has a little dog and she just moved here two years ago. I literally might say, Julie does yoga. She has a dog and she just moved here two years ago. Ask her about her yoga practice. That little conversational nugget helps people get excited about those that are coming to a party. They just know it helps anxious people feel a little more secure knowing who's going to be there and it also gets Julie's buy in to make sure that she comes and doesn't flake out or cancel.
0: I also liked that you took little bits from what people are excited about and you put that on the name tag. I thought that that was really smart. You did that. I don't know if that was a recent update.
2: I've been experimenting with that. It's something that I'm still playing with. It's something I'm still playing with.
0: What else are you experimenting with? I'm experimenting
2: with doing those lightning talks. You saw us do them at your party. I haven't written about those yet. They're brief little speeches for people. I'm experimenting with writing those hobby things on there. I'm experimenting with start times, with using co-hosts. I talked to a guy today who actually bought one of those instant film cameras for his party and took those around the party and got photos of everybody and put them up on the wall. And I said, Ooh, that's kind of neat. I wonder if advanced hosts would really like that. I thought it was cool.
0: Who pitches you? What do you mean? Like you do all these parties. I'm sure that people reach out to you and want to partner in different ways. Have you gotten Hmm. any interesting pitches? I've gotten
2: some interesting pitches from apps from people that host apps that's like dating, but for friendship, I get pitches a lot of times on platforms to collect RSVPs. Seems like every week I get a pitch for that. I get a pitch for all the time. My, I'm sure you do too. Folks want to turn your long form content into short form video. I get pitches for copywriting, ghostwriting. They want to help with my newsletter. That's the bulk of it.
0: Let's talk about too, how you got written about in one blog that led to thousands of people reaching out to you yeah. and even doing celebrity tours. I mean, I want to know more about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so I did these renegade museum tours. That company called Museum Hack was my last business. It was a fun hobby. It wasn't a business, just something I did for fun. I was so passionate about it. I wanted to become best at my craft and then somebody wrote about it and they said it was the best thing to do in New York City literally overnight that one night 1300 people sent me an email saying they wanted to join one of my tours and things kind of everything changed after that and I made a business out of it hired 55 plus employees multi-million dollars in sales did celebrity tours it became the hottest thing to do in New York for a hot minute I think what, how
0: that happened, Rena,
2: was just that I was so passionate about creating the best possible product that I would be proud of for my friends.
0: Amazing. Like, I want to know, how did you hone that? Like, what did that obsession look like? What did mm-hmm. that research look like?
2: Well, it was a lot of practice. I would literally spend Friday and Saturday nights alone, eating Vietnamese food at the bar, reading surveys, forms from all my guests. I wasn't sad about it. I'm not asking you to like cry me a river. I'm just telling you that's what it was. I spent a lot of my time doing that. I'd pass out surveys at the end of every tour to get people's feedback. Would you like? What didn't you like? What could I add? What could I delete? Favorite parts, least favorite parts. I practiced every single Friday, Saturday night. I was at the museum, sometimes Sundays, and I was trying to just get the best at my craft. I used to think, by the way, this is funny. I used to think that my goal was to become so good for tours that I would give tours to the Saudi royal family because the Saudi royal family is enormous. But I figured at any one weekend, somebody from the Saudi royal family must be in New York City and I'm going to be the tour guide for the Saudi royal family. Such a silly. And then someone from the Saudi royal family actually came on one of my tours and she was one of the worst tour guests I've ever had because it was just like arms were crossed, face was padded. It was like, all right, now you perform for me versus what I like, the best tours. I always said the best tours were the ones where I got the most questions. Where the most interactivity, where it wasn't this idea of the sage on the stage, where everybody's looking up to me, but but we were teammates. People are asking me questions. We're having a a discussion together, and so that's the tours I like the best. But yeah, funny stories, learning lessons along the way.
0: It's so crazy. Like, would you ever have imagined, as a kid, that this is something that you would have done?
2: Never in my wildest dreams, Rena. I've never even taken an art history class, so no, no, I would not.
0: So crazy and and amazing. And and I think that we need to spark these kind of ideas in kids, like if they have interest to like, what can you do with that? Yeah, sure. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like what other interest do you have that like you could get super obsessed with?
2: Right now, I'm just trying to help people host parties. I'm trying to learn help people to learn how to make new friends and build big relationships. And I'm laser focused on trying to get 500 people to host a party with my book, which, Rena, I would love if you would be one of those 500.
0: I really want to do it. I'm telling you, when I read it, I was like, who would my first 15 people be? And then I was like, should it be relatives? Should it be random people? Should it be people that I've met at like a few podcasting events? Probably if I invited, a couple people from a podcasting event like the whole event would turn into that so how do you keep it diverse you can't really say no to people right can you can you say you're booked
2: yes absolutely yeah you can say look i'm full i'd love to invite you to the next one but for this party you want to pull from your different friend groups from your different buckets some podcast people some neighbors some family and for your first party you only need to think about the first five people Don't overthink it. You're being an overachiever again by trying to think about who my first 15 are. Just think about your first five. Start with that. That's five individuals, not five couples. That's five individuals. And you're just gonna send them a note. Hey, husband and I are thinking about doing a happy hour. We're gonna do it in three or four weeks at our place at this date and time. If we do it, would you come? And all you're looking for is five yeses. Because Rena, the way that you work, I already know that you over every week, you'll just think of two or three more people each week who you can invite and you're going to fill up those 15 it'll be fine
0: what happens if like 40 people come
2: well then you call me and you would say oh my god what happened and i would say rena what happened what did i tell you no you're going to cut it off you don't want more than 22 at your first event 15 to 22 is your goal of how many people you want to attend any more than 22 and the icebreakers take too long they take too long and they drag on and on and on now you can obviously host it but i don't recommend it make your first party easy because someone like you who's very connected and outgoing should be going through life collecting people oh i definitely do yes 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 that's great and now you need a way to see them regularly and i don't think you have that now you right now there's all these people it's like oh we should meet up we should meet up but you're busy they're busy hard to work in with kids and business and podcasting versus if you host a cocktail party a happy hour every two months Now, every two months, you get to loop in these acquaintances that you haven't seen. By the way, these aren't meant for your best friends. Of course, you can invite your best friends, but you see them enough. You can invite them, certainly invite them as part of your first five. But these parties are meant for those weak ties, those loose connections where we really find the biggest benefits in life.
0: Yes, I actually love that idea. Like even the lady who was super cool today, she saw me on a phone call at Walmart grabbing a couple. Things that I forgot to get for the week. And she literally came up to my cart and was like, I got it. She like unloaded my basket for me, checked me out, and was like, Here, just give me your credit card. I wanted to invite her. I was thinking about the fact that I was like talking to you today. I was like, That chick. Is cool. That's the perfect
2: example. Anyone that's interesting, you need to have a funnel to collect them in. Now, before you hosted parties, what would that funnel be? Well, it'd be kind of weird, frankly, for you to say, Hey, thanks for doing that. Do you want to be friends and go to coffee? Like, that's weird. That's that's it's just different, right? And people versus if you're like, Hey, I know this is a little weird, but you seem really cool. I host this happy hour of all these interesting people that I meet here in Houston. I just moved here and I'm meeting. all these cool people. Can I send you the info? Right, You don't have to come if you don't want to but just can I send you the info? I think you might enjoy I'd love to introduce you to some of my friends Your vibe seems cool. That's what you say to people. And a little interaction five minutes just like that. Even yours was probably 55 seconds. In that moment, Rena, you're a good reader of people. You've met so many people that you can read and you can tell kind of who's cool or not within a first few seconds their body language, their voice tone, how they help you, how they interact. And in those moments, I know that you can judge somebody and so you invite them to your party that's a perfect example there's this guy his name is Maddox in Dallas Texas Maddox invites his hairstylist his random bartenders people that help him out at the mall and he's a good reader of people he can say wow I like you you're a good talker I've met some interesting people here in Dallas do you want to come to my meetup I'm hosting a little gathering and he invites half people he knows very well and half brand new people and I think that's beautiful.
0: Okay, so I'm going to play the devil's advocate here just a little bit. Like, What happens if you invite somebody weird or somebody that needs to be kicked out? Has that ever happened? Because, I mean, you live in New York. Oh
2: my gosh, yes. The wildest party that I ever hosted was I put up flyers around town just as a test that said, you know, want to make new friends? Come to my new friends party. And so I hosted a party for a bunch of random people. I didn't host it at my home. That was the one party that I chose not to host at my home. I hosted like a public space. There was a mix of of sort of interesting folks and so that I thought that that was very interesting and I'm glad I didn't host it at home because half were amazing people that I've stayed in touch with and the other half was like wow that was really interesting so yeah.
0: Yeah but how I mean do you end it the same way? Like you have to be a strong host.
2: Yeah sure yes 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 absolutely strong host. Don't do that right? Don't put up flyers around your town and say do you want to make new friends? Do what Rena does if you meet somebody interesting who has a cool attitude and a cool vibe. Wait read them out talk to them a little bit find out more about them and then invite them to your party
0: i love that okay is there anything that i didn't ask you that you would like to talk about just my main thing
2: is trying to get people to host a party i'm i'm really on that mission to get 500 people to read my book and host a party and tell me about it the day afterwards and i love talking to each person along the way rena and i met in person in houston a couple weeks ago at this guy tom's party and tom's a screenwriter and he's creating a community of other screenwriters there and there are people from From all different walks of life that are using my party to plan a networking event, a baby shower, a happy hour, a clothing swap. I'll include links to some of these, even a book swap about how you can use my formula and framework to just learn how to host events. Whether you have your own podcast and you want to do a listener meetup or you just want to meet your neighbors and host something in the neighborhood. This works and it works well.
0: I was so honored to attend that. And and it's just crazy. Like going to one party can lead to so many opportunities. Same thing with creating a podcast, same thing with writing a book. It's just doing something new that you don't normally do will lead to new opportunities. Yes, 100%. I also would like you to talk a little bit about how, you know, doing these museum tours and then ending up like monetizing that it also led to you doing some celebrity tours. Can you talk about any of those? Sure.
2: I can talk a little bit about the business just when you get to be really good at something, then people want to hire the best. And so similarly, with me hosting now, even I'm getting invited, there's a business podcast called My First Million, I get invited to work with that podcast, I get lucky to be in invited to help with some high profile events. And I think when you're really good at something, word travels and you can't market, you can't advertise that. You just have to be at the top of your game.
0: And how do you get really good at something?
2: A lot of practice, a lot of practice.
0: It's true. I mean, I listen to you on I don't know how many podcasts. And the more you go on podcasts, you really crystallize your story.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. you noticed that? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I did a podcast that was called The Art of Manliness. And I had probably done a lot of podcasts before that, but I didn't know that that was a big podcast. I think they do have a lot of listeners. And I had no idea that it was a popular podcast until many, many people reached out to me after it aired. And I was like, oh, that was a good one. And I think it helped that I had been on a lot of podcasts beforehand because I'll tell you what, if I had tried to reach out to that podcast cold and I had tried, oh, I just want to do this one podcast. Well, I don't think it would have done well. I My stories wouldn't have been good. I wouldn't have been practiced. I just wouldn't have been ready for it. But because I had that practice, I think it helped make that interview good.
0: How did you practice for your TED Talk? Oh, my Lord.
2: Oh, so that one I really loved, but I was a tour guide and I was lucky to be a tour guide and I get to tell those stories. Many of the same stories that I told in the TED Talk, I would tell every single weekend and I developed those. But I'm going to give you one piece of advice for any listeners. If you are practicing a new speech, if you're giving a presentation for work. If you're given a talk about something that you may give again, do not forget to take your phone out and record yourself giving that talk when you give it. Here's why. You will have impromptu jokes and laugh lines that you come up with if you're a speaker that's half-decent. You'll be winging it a little bit. You'll have an outline, but you'll also be winging a lot of it. And you will make jokes or comments in the moment that get laughs. Those are very easy to forget about the next time you give that talk. Unless, and I know it can be painful to listen to yourself, but that was one of the major key things. Second piece of advice that I would give you, non-traditional advice if you're writing a TED Talk, find and hire a stand-up comedian who would be willing to listen to you to help you give or add in one or two little jokes into your speech. They will kill, it will crush, you will do very good.
0: I love those tips. Do you have any tips around how you made your book look so good? Or I know that you hired an expensive team to make that all come together and you even hired an expensive team or spent a lot of money on doing the audio recording of it as well.
2: Yeah, I hired a, a squad to help with it. I would just say that these days self-publishing is so easy and it's really tempting to just crank stuff out. And I wanted to do, again, make something that I was so proud that I would literally chase down a stranger at the airport to give them and put my book in their hand. And that I am, I have got to be that point where I'm very proud of my book and I give it to strangers. I'm proud of it so much. I looked at other books that I really liked. And over the years, I had been taking pictures when I read a book that had good interior graphic design and good layout. And I created like a swipe file that gave me ideas about headers and bullets and checklists so that when it came time to design my own book, I had ideas at least of where I wanted to get started.
0: That is a really good tip. I've I've never heard of somebody that's put together a file of ones that they've liked. How genius is that? Yeah.
2: Super helpful, right?
0: I mean, I would relate that to if you have a good bit on the radio station, like I just started working at a radio station a little bit on the weekend, cool.fm. And yeah, if I have a good bit, like how can I do different variations of that? Or if I hear another announcer do a good bit, yeah, how can I do a good variation of that? That also ties into TV. Like if you get a really good guest on a podcast or if you get a really good guest on the TV show, what? What did you say to make that happen?
2: That's cool that you're doing radio stuff. What are you doing? What are you working on?
0: I'm announcing music and at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sundays, I am re-airing best of Better Call Daddy episodes. That's really cool. Congratulations, rena Thank you. Yeah. And you know, to be honest, all of the other announcers work at other stations. And uh-huh. I personally did not have a recent air check tape because I worked in radio in college. It's been a while. But yeah. having started my own podcast and being on other podcasts I had a portfolio like you're talking about I had 300 episodes that I have done on my own and I had at least 50 of me being interviewed on other people's podcasts so I sent him that and that was a posting on LinkedIn and I put myself out there
2: that is so cool that's awesome. Good job. Thank good thing. you. And that's one thing you're really good at. You're good at finding these things.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have found opportunities in the craziest places, but I'm going to tie this back to the beginning. I think the biggest way to have new successes is connecting with new people and doing uh-huh. things that you don't normally do. That leads to new ideas, mm. new experiences, and new opportunities.
2: Yeah, that's nice. That's good.
0: Yeah. I mean, have you met anybody new today? Has anything new come your way that was unexpected? How are you going to chase that, right?
2: Yeah, that's good to think about. And I love that. And one way to meet new people is to host a party. It's the key way that when you host a party, people just start to come into your life and you have some place to continue and build those relationships.
0: What number are you on now?
2: I think I've gotten 248 or so that I've personally talked to. I spent an hour on the phone this morning with this guy from London who hosted yesterday, brainstorming all these ideas. But yeah... 248 now or so I hope you guys Maybe it'll be 250 Who knows
0: Incredible Yes I actually In preparing for this conversation With you Re-reached back out to Tom Like Maybe I could co-host One with him
2: That'd be cool Nice Where it's like Screenwriters meets podcasts
0: Yeah Like a little stepping stone Of me not having to do it And like Wrangle the kids But you Oh my know, gosh
2: What did he say That'd be cool You guys would crush it
0: I'll let you know But I'll okay, reach good. back out to him After this too Is there anything yeah. That you'd like to add Ask my dad. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about this.
2: I just want to know what your dad's advice to you would be about hosting a party or or making friends. Does your dad think about, as he was raising you in the age you know, does he think about his relationships and peer groups and things like that? Does he wish that he had more friends? Were there certain friends that he wished he spent more time with? I would just be curious to hear what would your dad's advice be about friendships as you get older and as we're adults?
0: I love that question. Thank you. That's very thoughtful. And have you talked to your parents about that? I know they've hosted a party.
2: Yes, I talked to my mom today. Actually, I drove her to the airport right before I got on the call. And my dad just got a new puppy. So I think that's his best friend right now. My parents were great they hosted one of the first parties after my book launched and they used it to help meet their neighbors you know sometimes we walk around the neighborhood and we see these neighbors we talk about the garden and the grass we just never make time to actually have a longer conversation with them and so that was fantastic and my mom also taught me she said always get the cookies people love the cookies and so I thought that was great
0: that's so cute for me I feel like cookies remind me of my grandmother but that's so like of that generation I love that so sweet Oh that's,
2: that's so nice. Rena, I hosted a party last week and I brought some cookies. They were these chewy cookies. And that then the party was over. And you know, people only ate about half the cookies. So like I'm I'm packing them up and the host came up to me and he said, Can I keep the cookies? And I said, Yes, yes, you can keep the cookies. A hundred percent. These are have your name on them. These are for you. That was pretty good.
0: That is so sweet. I love that. And it's kind of like a little tribute to the parents. It is, right? That's cute. Okay, let people know how they can find you. And I do have a book to give away. Do you have any ideas on a good giveaway? Like what works for you with giveaways? What do you mean? I would like to give a book, your book, away. So do you have any ideas of what they should do to get it? Just
2: Yes. If they're interested and they want to host a party, they should look at their calendar and choose a date four to five weeks away. That's a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. Pick your date and then send a message to Rena with who the first five people that you would invite would be. You don't have to list their names and emails but just list their first names at least. Your example could be, hey, listen to the show. I'm planning to host a party. I'm going to do it on July 12th. That's a Tuesday. The first five people I'm going to invite are going to be Jeremy, Ron, Jenny, Janine, and Casey. Something like that. Send that to Rena, and maybe she'll choose from the people who write in.
0: Ooh, I love it. That's awesome. Okay, let people know how they can find you everywhere. I know you have an awesome Twitter. I love your memes on Instagram.
2: Oh, thank you, Rena. Yeah, I'm on social media, Twitter and Instagram at, at Nick Gray News. N-I-C-K-G-R-A-Y News. N-E-W-S. I have a website and a personal blog at nickgray.net and I keep a blog for articles and case studies about my book and gatherings at W www.party.pro check it out i hope you'll read my book and send me an email if you want to host a party
0: and he keeps track of everyone who does
2: i really do i really do i'm obsessed
0: okay that was so good you've heard from my mom now let's switch it over to grandpa
1: This is your uh, episode with Nick Gray. It starts off where you're all having a conversation like you know each other for years. And isn't that really what having a conversation with conversing is all about, is where you can talk to somebody naturally and beautifully about a subject matter and be able to give your inner thoughts on the fly and where it's a real conversation and not where it's all always has to be scripted. You have to be able to talk on the fly. Now, what I found to be incredible to start off the show is that he got so excited about going to trade shows with his dad and doing something. And isn't that quite ironic? Because in our business, we were going to lighting shows and we were going to visit different customers and going to different auctions and going to different parties growing up. And when you meet so many different diverse people, even as you know, when I played chess, meeting people from all over the world and all different religions and ages and, you know, every variable of a person that you can think of, you, get to be friendly with so many So many people look at the people also that do traveling, where they travel the world and experience the different cultures. Your man, Nick, also likes to travel and give tours, and he likes to go to trade shows, and he likes to put on parties. And more than anything, he likes to laugh and converse where it's on the fly, okay, where he goes with the flow. And if more people would do that, guess what, then you can almost get along with anybody. And when you are able to broaden your horizons where you understand all different points of view, you get along with people, even people that you don't agree with because you are cultured and cultivated in your thinking to where you're open-minded to whatever anybody's got to say. To top it all off, as you know what Grandpa Abe would say, it's good to laugh that if you're going to do a party or a presentation, it better be fun. It's got to have a certain amount of structure to it. But if you have too much structure to it, it can get boring very fast. So you have to be able to laugh at yourself. And and there has to be where people can lower their guard and be able to talk freely. And openly, he even tells you to get a comedian to coach you because some people are just so uptight where they try to make a presentation. They can't get anybody to even listen to them. And when you try to oversell something, guess what? That's also a turnoff. You have to know how to have fun. You have to know even how to party. Not everybody even knows how to party. And he does it in a manner where he's done it his whole life and is trying very hard to tell people that party on. And if you know how to party, you can enjoy your life and you can enjoy the business that you're involved in. And I agree with that 100%. You think you could host a party? Oh, yeah. I think we can host parties. I think that it depends on the crowd also. You can't necessarily mix where you just invite anybody. It's got to be where you invite a diverse amount of people. That's helpful. But it depends on what you're doing. You go to a lighting show, you're not going to talk about necessarily a subject about the Olympics necessarily or your book club. You've got to be able to have some kind of technical knowledge and experience when it comes to whatever trade show you're going to. That doesn't mean you can't get different phases of the business that you're pursuing and be able to talk about and joke around about other things. Let's face it, a lot of business is done on the golf course where people are able to unwind and they get a chance to play a game and also be able to talk business where they have a chance to relax isn't that what he's talking about also is you got to get people to relax and take the mask off so that you really know who's underneath there and what kind of person you're really going to be working with so what better way to do that is in a party type of atmosphere where you're able to have enjoyment and fun and camaraderie ship is important. And that's why a lot of people that played football together are still going to reunions. Different classes are still going to reunions 25 or 50 years later, because there was a connection, a certain club that you belong to, or a synagogue or a church, people that you have things in common with, and you make good friends at these events, and they're interacting with you your whole life. And that's what family is supposed to be doing all the time also. So when you have nothing else, you should be able to fall back and know that your family is always there to party with you. And that's also a very good time if you can certainly do it as we do on the Better Call Daddy show, generational, where we get everybody involved, try to show that there's a connection between all generations and that the party can continue indefinitely if we all stay on the same page together. What do you think think of them apples?
0: Pretty cool. I got to meet him in person and attend one of his parties after reading the book about it.
1: Well, but I'll tell you something. You know, I had a party in high school that I invited everybody and then people crashed that party. I think I was a junior in, in high school and all of a sudden every senior in the, in the class was there and there was sex and drugs and alcohol. And loud music and breaking the furniture, eating the teddy bears and stuffing all over the place, breaking the furniture, stuffing the the sink with the marijuana joints and all kinds of stuff like that, where things can get way, way out of control having a wild party. So you do have to have some type of structure to the party also. Look, even you had a beautiful bar mitzvah party and you still had a DJ with different programs and got everybody doing different dances and different phases to the party where you had a coloring and taking pictures. That takes planning. That takes some events, getting people to speak and make a little speech. Also, having a camera person there having music there, also get better results if you do planning and you have events that have some type of structure to them. And really, that's what life's about also, is that we want to party and have a good time, but we want to have a little structure so it's not complete chaos. And I know what you're going to say. Chaos is fun, too, but it can get to be where nice. But if it gets way out of control, people can get hurt. People can get embarrassed. People can get bullied. People can get so drunk that on the way home from the party, they, they crash or get killed. We also have to have some degree of responsibility at whatever we do, even if we're wanting to have that wild party.
0: All right. I think you had a good time.
1: It was a good one. You know, he asked me that question. What do I think about having parties and planning it with friends and meeting new people? I'm all in favor of that. And, you know, we've done that all through the years. And even when we were running the factory for over 50 years, we loved having a Christmas party. We loved having a family picnic and inviting people. We like taking also clients to the Churchill Downs for the Derby and things like that, where we can do business and still be able to get to know each other each other and enjoy each other's company. My dad used to joke around with all of the engineers, with all of the salespeople, where we didn't just do business. We showed that we could be counted on, that we could be there for them no matter what issue or problem would occur. I think that's important in life too, okay? But if you can't unwind and you can't party and you can't socialize with people and you don't take that mask off to see what's underneath, I think that's also very important because it's very hard to have loyalty and to have compassion for people if you don't really know them. And trust becomes a big thing also, is that if you're gonna to go to bat for somebody, you wanna know that you're not gonna get backstabbed. And the way to, only way to know that is to really get to know people, not just in a professional sense. Sometimes getting to know them and going to events and partying together and sharing each other's thoughts and knowing where somebody comes from is very important and that's why having tours and having culture and traveling and partying and and not getting just caught in that box of what did you call it like being a hamster or that running in that wheel where you just are trapped doing the same thing over and over and over and over again let's be creative let's be able to be outgoing let's listen to people let's get more and more people involved and the more people that get involved and you build your network up everybody gains from that and when we share our ideas with each other and we can do it in a manner where where that's more important than necessarily even the dollar bill making the sale i think that that's what you call making real progress
0: thanks for listening now i think i'm gonna go call my dad
1: (laughs) I'll say goodbye and see you the next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy show. Join us weekly for new episodes and more daddy wisdom.
1: Better Call Daddy is good advice always.
0: Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. You can also find special episodes on my YouTube channel, and you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Alexa, or your preferred podcatcher. That's a wrap for now.